Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shakti Waves Radio, the place to dive into your greatness and to hear other people's epic dives into greatness. I share with you the best and brightest entrepreneurs I know, creatives, writers, spiritual people, yoga teachers, everything in between, leaders in the community, and their epic journeys and triumphs and the falls and their current suffering and everything that they're currently up to and just their stories. And what's unique about my podcast is I talk about and I have interviews with people that I know. I know them personally. I've met them. I've been around their business. I've been a customer of their business. And they are entrepreneurs that I have in my life and we're able to support each other. And I think that's really special and unique because that's been the greatest thing that I've learned as an entrepreneur is that you need a support system and you need to be around people that understand what it's like to be running that race or that marathon more so is a better analogy. So today, speaking of analogies and metaphors, I have with me one of my favorite people when it comes to talking about writing. She actually was the person that encouraged me to get my ebook, Water Poems, out into the world, my first book of poetry ever. If you want to go read that, you can find it on my website, www.cshakti.com. You can find it right in the top navigation, Water Poems. So with me today is Lynn Denise. She is a writing coach and consultant. She helps people birth their book babies, write out their bios and descriptions for themselves online and on social media, and just generally write about themselves or anything that they're trying to write and get it out into the world. That's kind of the operative part of that is she helps them actually get it out from inside of them, from on a piece of paper, from in your notes in your iPhone, out into the world on Instagram and publish pieces of writing, self-published, traditionally published, whatever goes for you, she will help you get it out there. So Lynn calls herself the Rada. So that's Latin for coach, and it is her brand name, and it's kind of a bit of an ode to Latin being the original language, and she is a language coach helping people get their words out in the world. So welcome, Lynn. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah. First of all, I just want to say how grateful I am for you having me on here. And second, I want to say that I was a little triggered when you said best and brightest. It's funny. That's uh, I just had a little feeling in there. So I wanted to share that because we're being so honest about where we're at. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, we were just talking before this about how many years it took for you to build this business and have it be full time right now, like years of schooling, years of preparation, working for a publishing company, having a professor who is your mentor, who's a published author. And then you said that you were triggered by being referred to as best and brightest. Yeah. What's going on there? I always consider myself a lifelong student. I think that's what it is. There's just so much to always continue learning and pivoting and adapting and shifting as things move in this world. Mm -hmm. Best and brightest. It's just like, okay, I got the brightest part down for sure. (laughs) You're very bright today. You're glowing. Yeah, exactly. I'm like... But yeah, I don't call myself the best, but I guess Mm. that's the humble side of myself, even my humble pie. I see that. (laughs) I see that. Oh my gosh, I love it. Okay. Do you want to talk some more about that? Like, what would you categorize as the best? Well, I think especially in the personal development world, we're always looking up to other people who've gone before us and obviously been in the industry a lot longer, right? So there's always room to grow. Who would I consider the best in the writing coach world or? Well, what I'm hearing is that 
kind of within it is a construct of comparison. Yes, Like that there's comparison to somebody. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's just my experience of you is the best. You're the best to be around. (laughs) You've been the best in my life. We've had the best conversation. So it's like compared to who and on what? Exactly. Exactly. That's so sweet. But yeah, it's funny that you bring that up because I actually bring that up with my writing clients. And I always talk about comparison. You can't compare yourself to somebody who's been writing for 20, 30 years, right? Mm. Somebody who's published after being rejected 25 times by a publisher. So that is a big stop for a lot of people. So interesting that it's been brought up with me today too. Mm. So yeah. A good leader is someone who can recognize when they're feeling stuck in something or when a voice comes up for them, because at the end of the day, we're all human Mm -hmm. and those voices still come up for me too. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing about it in the moment. Yeah. Like how often do people say that? Like, thanks for sharing it and actually letting people see that right now. Mm -hmm. Because like I was saying before, so often people think that entrepreneurs, especially creative people have it all together. Like they've got their marketing, their Instagram looks great. Like they've got clients and they don't ever feel insecure or down on themselves. And I know this is a bigger conversation that's been starting, mm-hmm. but it's really, really powerful that you just shared it right now, right here. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely did a little drop into my heart and my tummy and feel mm. what I'm feeling today as you were doing the intro, right? So just really being aware of those thoughts that do come up and then sorting them out mm-hmm. and moving on. So speaking about that heart space and that like gut feeling and being in your body, Tell me more about how that comes into writing and the creative process as well. Mm, Such a good question. Such a good question. There's so much to following flow, following inspiration. There's so much to addressing and putting words to the actual sensation we're feeling in our body, right? And then being able to describe that on the page. Yeah. And I see you do that with your water palms, right? You literally become the body of water. And you're speaking from it. Oh. (laughs) I feel like you just looked at my soul. Oh, wow. (laughs) Thank you. That is such a compliment. Ah, Wow. I love it. Thanks for seeing that. How did you become a writing coach? So it started probably years ago without me even really understanding that that was all guiding me towards where I am today. But I worked for a newspaper And I wasn't a writer myself. I worked with advertisers, but I always was kind of in awe of the writers and with quite a few of the columnists. And then when I moved to Victoria, I ended up after my son, after Matt leave ended, I ended up working for a publisher here in town in Victoria for three years. And I really noticed that people were calling in and they hadn't actually gotten to the point where they were ready to hand off their manuscript and publish it. So I would walk them through the end of their writing process. Essentially, I was coaching them to hand over their manuscripts eventually. And I noticed all of the stops and the blocks and the things that can come up and get in somebody's way when they're about to hand off their beautiful piece of work that they've poured their heart and soul into, right? It can be very scary for some people to put themselves out there. And then I went back to school because that job didn't pay very well. And I knew there was more for me. So I went back to school and did a human resource management and leadership degree. A lot of coaching studying would happen. It would come up in different textbooks and as as a different management style of the coach style. And I really resonated with that one all the time. So when I was nearing the end of my degree, I actually hired a coach myself. And through a couple of really epic coaching sessions, I was able to come to this clarity and build on the skills that I had built previously. 
and bring that into my own coaching and consulting business. And while I was in school, I had a mentor who was a published author and a professor, and he was retiring. And so he's helped me build the whole back end, a lot of the feedback forms and stuff like that. I have developed with a professor. The marketing and the advertising is a big piece of my history. And I worked in sales and marketing for a long time. So when we were at the self-publisher, we were also coaching authors on how to market and promote their book and what that looked like and how that's different from marketing a product that's not a book. So going on speaking engagements, doing book signings, all of those kinds of things sprinkled in there. So I learned a lot about that too. And then I also learned about traditional publishing just because if we were going to speak about self-publishing, we also had to know traditional publishing. And then I did a course in traditional publishing as well. So that added to my repertoire of tools and how I can guide people too. Because if they want to go the traditional route, I can guide them through that as well. So yeah, it's just all kind of built on layers here. (laughs) You've worked with a lot of different authors and currently you have a group where you're helping people tell their own story, which is if they're writing an autobiography or the about me page on their website, or if they have a personal brand or they just need like a cover letter writing about themselves. Yeah. And if that's not like an embodiment of your, whatever's happening in your body and in your mind and your heart, I don't know what is. Yeah. So what have you learned from that process so far? How's that going? It's funny because I called it the campfire, share your personal story. Then in the private group created an image of a campfire and sharing your story and just a group of women around a campfire learning about each other, sharing about those parts of ourselves. And everyone in the group did come in for a different reason. We have one lady who did want to write her book and then was called to actually had a moment where a voice in her head says the book must be born. Wow. And then another lady who's just having a hard time sharing about herself and wants to share online through posts her personal story so that she can benefit others because she really wholeheartedly believes that when we rise, others will rise too. So yeah, so many different reasons for being in this group. We've all gotten really gung-ho. And then when we start getting into it, we back off right away. Mm -hmm. And trying to set rewards and motivation into the program was a complete flop. And so I actually had to pivot and say, okay, this isn't going to work for everyone. It's just too personal Mm -hmm. to make it something that, hey, if you write this many pages a day, you will be rewarded because it can be really hard and you do have to step back. And so we've talked about doing things like the EFT, the tapping. So when you're writing, really supporting yourself in your environment, essential oils, you know, special things that make you feel better around your computer when you're writing. I'm a huge fan of essential oils for support through it and tapping. So we talk about different things like that in the group and what could support each other and just even how talking to each other about what we're trying to share on paper can be so helpful. Wow. The way you talk about it is quite distinct because you said support each other through it, like get through it. Yeah. It honestly sounds like it's something you have to extract from your body or almost like a painful process that you need like health and wellness accoutrements for. You do. You do. It's like, I mean, we've got different people in there, right? One lady's dad committed suicide. So she's Mm. really been working through that process. You know, there's been some sexual assault coming up, things like that. Just people who really want to get their voice out and be heard so that it doesn't happen to the next generations. Or if it does happen to them, they know where they can go for support. I mean, this is like a deep desire for these people to share their story so that others can benefit too. Incredible. Yeah. 
Wow. So I'm hearing that there's this connection between sharing your story for others and for yourself, like this healing process and what it can do for others as a resource, as a connection, as a path to empathy and understanding. Yeah. And that there's self-care involved. I've experienced that, but I've never actually been able to distinguish it that way. Wow. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Yeah. I mean, the two go hand in hand for sure, because these are like emotional triggers, right? So There's also a lot of me having to coach them through separating the emotion from the facts, right? And then also discerning, okay, and being prepared ahead of time, like the next chapter that you're going to write is going to be pretty triggering. How are we going to support you through that? Wow. And then, yes, exactly. Attaching them to the end of that, where it's like, once you've written that out and it's out of your body, you are going to feel lighter. You're going to feel more joyful. There's going to be an ease, a sense of peace and letting go, right? Wow. Mm -hmm. I love it. It honestly sounds like writing as healing and also as a form of leadership and just providing service in the world. Yeah. And it always surprises me whenever I hear about, because writing feels like such a personal experience, especially for me. And I say, especially for me, and what I'm hearing you saying is that it's not. It's like this for everybody. It really is. Yeah. What's it like for you? Like, tell me about when you started writing and and why you love it so much. Mm, I began journaling on my very first trip across the world when I left high school, waitressed for a year and a half to save up and got on that plane. And this whole new creativity came out of me. I was using colorful words, flowery words. I was using metaphors and similes, and it was just kind of like pouring through me. I remember sending that letter after writing about it to my mother, and she thought it was on acid. (laughs) (laughs) Like too much color, Marilyn. (laughs) What are you doing? Like, what are you writing to me, right? I think I was talking about how like when I got off the plane, it was like being birthed out of a metal. I mean, I had been on the plane for 24 hours (laughs) with the air circulating of the same people's breathing. Like, (laughs) Um, Maybe that had something to do with that. I don't know. But I was experimenting with creative writing and it was just something that felt playful and fun and I guess wasn't received that well. So you got to know your audience. I talk about that a lot too. As a writer, I begin with the end in mind. Who's your audience? Who are you writing to? What voice is going to speak to them, right? So you can't maybe be that colorful in the business world. And so, yeah, when I went back to school, I learned a lot of that through business writing and knowing the type of document that needed to be received by a type of audience, right? So you're changing your writing styles all the time. Mm. And then I also took some creative writing too, as going for electives. I wanted to balance out the seriousness with a little bit of the fun and playful side of things too. And I actually do try to bring that into the personal story writing as well. It's like, okay, so when can we like just let go of that personal story for a bit and work on something creative? Like, Mm -hmm. I use all kinds of prompts just to get them out of that deep feeling and start to write something else lighter. And then you can always go back to that part if you need to finish Mm. that part up, right? So there's a natural rise and fall to a story and through each chapter. So bring in some of the playful and the good memories in and like, you know, who was your biggest hero when you were a kid? Things like that. There's other things you can talk about in your personal story other than just the struggle and what you went through and how you overcame it. Yeah. Beautiful. It sounds like what I'm hearing is that you actually have an understanding and 
you didn't say it, but I'm assuming a love for all forms of writing, Mm -hmm. but there's actually something that you see from being able to write to a specific audience with a purpose in mind, like, you know, writing a press release versus an Instagram post to Mm -hmm. sell a program compared to a poem, compared to creatively writing about like one of my favorite challenges that you recently had on your Instagram page was a photo of this girl in a swing looking at a mountain range. And you're just like, just write whatever. Yeah. No constraint. Just like write a description for this photo. And it could be a part of a story. It could be a poem. And I kind of made it somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. And that was really, really fun for me. I realized that one of my main writing triggers was visual as soon as I saw that. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of all clicked that most of the time when I've done a lot of writing, it's after I've taken a photo of something or I've been in a really beautiful landscape or I've seen something really cool and it inspired me. Yeah. So I'm like a visually kind of attached or I'm a visually drawn writer. Yeah. And so what I'm hearing is that you're kind of like jack of all trades in the writing world. Mm-hmm. What's that like? Do you find people that like writing in this way or, or define it or how does that go? Yeah, totally. It just like personalities and learning styles, they're all different, right? So you kind of find what works for each individual writer. Like some things I post in the group don't resonate with some of the group members at all, but others are like, oh my God, this so spoke to me, right? Mm. So yeah, it's a lot of drawing out of the individual, their unique inspiration really, right? And I love that you spoke to the visual because that one was really powerful for me too. Mm. When do you feel most inspired when you're writing? God, I write for so many different reasons. Like lately I've been back into Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. So I've been doing the morning pages. And I just find that like you're in such a different state at 5.30 or 6.30 in the morning, right? And the things that come up then for me, because I'm facilitating this mastermind, I've been writing my personal story along with them. So I find for myself, I need to write it in short stories. So just kind of doing a little meditation, a little preparation before doing the morning pages, getting really present in my body and just allowing the thoughts to pour on the page from there. Mm -hmm. So it sounds more like free flow. You're connected to your body. It's like being a yoga teacher. It sounds like a very meditative state that you're in and then you just go for it. And also still lucid because you're still a little bit in that dream state. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times like this morning, my dream, whatever I was dreaming about triggered some memories. So that's what I ended up writing about this morning. Mm. And people think that you have to have a certain structure and order. I say in the personal story, flip that on its head, write what's coming through in that moment, in that day. And then it can all be weaved in together and you can map out the timeline and figure out how that's going to go together after the fact. Where I think like in traditional business writing, you would set up the outline and then just fill it in, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, really just being present to those memories and what's coming up for you in that moment, in that day and what you're working on relating the different lessons. And we always say too, like you'll read your story after 10 years, And you have such a different lens on the situation Mm -hmm. that maybe you wrote about now and you've had so many other new learnings and discoveries. So that way you wrote the story back then might not be true for you today. Right. Mm. It's like multidimensional. Yeah. Well, it kind of sounds like a really epic version of a diary. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's really powerful right now. Like how many people are talking about telling your story? It's so true. And I actually have been since my 20s, I was saying, I'll write a book when I'm 50. I'll write a book when I'm 50. And I'm like only 10 years off that now. So I think the fact that I'm starting it now. Is this it? Is this the start of your book? Yeah. Like I've been working on telling my personal story and trying different things. Like writing's a practice, right? 
So I'm practicing different styles and being really open to the process and being really open to what comes. Tell us what you mean by writing as a practice. I don't know if everyone knows that. It's just like a muscle. It needs to build. And the more you write, the better you get. Mm-hmm. Totally. Just like yoga. Mm-hmm. The more you practice, the deeper the lessons. And what about just like yoga or just like entrepreneurship? My best analogy for entrepreneurship is always that it's like surfing. Mm-hmm. And like some days you look cool. Mm-hmm. You've got like a floral rash guard on and you, you just look amazing. And the sun is glistening and you catch the wave. And it's like yoga because it's a very similar posture to yoga yeah. when you're actually surfing. And then other days you like can't move your hands fast enough. There's people yelling at you to get off their wave. And you're like pummeled against the sand. And you're like, why did I even come out here? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so cool. What I'm speaking to is that flow, the ebb and flow, and the fact that one day in a yoga class, you can do like 10 chaturangas or flows. And then the next day you're like, I can barely do a plank. Mm. I hate being on my hands. Yes. That was one of the reasons I was drawn to my coach. She brings in the whole menstrual cycle and the moon cycle Mm -hmm. into business, which I absolutely adore because yes, there is... Good days and bad days, right? And so if you can prepare for that in your schedule and actually know when you need to be in more of a quieter space or when you need to be in that spotlight, when you're shiny and glistening and feeling really good, harnessing that really great energy, it's so funny. But I feel like online, we're coming into a place of showing it all too. Like, okay, yeah, here's me on the beach having my ice cream. I feel great. But also here's me really struggling. And I ripped up 10 pages today, everyone. Mm-hmm. And they're not always this shiny, happy people that... Remember that song? Shiny, happy people holding hands. Dating myself right there. I love it. (laughs) I love that song. (laughs) Do you want to talk more about the menstrual cycle, like cycle syncing or moon syncing? I've been studying this a lot. I would love to hear from you then because I know my own natural flow and Mm -hmm. how it works, but I don't know what's going on for everyone else for sure. Well, I'd love to hear about your experience of it because I mean, you're this, what I would say, like this very professional writing coach. You worked for a while and we'll have you talk about it some more, like for a publishing company that helped people self-publish their books Mm -hmm. or get them published the traditional format. And then you also have, is it an HR degree, like a background in HR? So it's not like you're just this willy nilly, like, oh, feel into your body and write. And I don't mean to like offend anyone by saying that, but there's actually like grounding in the work that you do. Mm-hmm. And then the start to hear about, I think because it's just something that's more new and it hasn't been talked about because menstrual cycles and periods have not been talked about a lot because mm-hmm. they're not quintessentially the most sexy thing. It's something that women hide that they don't talk about. And then it's really interesting to think about how those two things could come together. Like, oh, writing and writing anything and then being aware of my cycle. Like, Mm -hmm. how did those two even come together? I want to hear what that was like I'm just so happy it did. I went through, you know, almost two decades of having to put my man pants on and pretend it wasn't happening at work. Mm -hmm. Right? Or if you did have a little bit of a bitchy day, then everybody was like, oh, she must be on her rag. Right? And it was frowned upon. And that was, that was painful. That was really, really painful. I'm a huge advocate for bringing it out into the open and talking about it in the workplace and giving someone some space if they need it for a couple of days. Why not? Mm. That is powerful as an HR professional. I've never heard anyone in the HR department ever talk about actually giving women any space to be on their period or to have their hormone cycle. So something that I just want to share with everybody that I just became aware of literally in the last two months 
was that we always know that your hormones are changing and obviously your body's going through this like physical shedding of blood. You know, if you don't like graphic, don't listen to this. (laughs) Yeah. If you don't like it, don't listen. That's okay. So we always knew that the hormones were shifting then, but recently what I just re-remembered or was introduced to is the fact that women literally have totally different hormones happening every single week of the month. Mm -hmm. Like there's four different phases to each menstrual cycle, to the complete cycle. And so every single week, we literally have physiologically different hormones running and pumping through our body. Mm -hmm. And I know Lee from America, she's on Instagram. She's a brand. She's incredible. We actually really look alike, which... I really want to meet her soon. Oh, she's that's so cute. You found yeah. your doppelganger. I found literally people introduced, <laughs> like I found out about her because people were saying she's my doppelganger. Anyway, wow. that's an aside. So cool. She's really cool. And she's talked a lot about cycle syncing or syncing <laughs> with the moon, etc., and how it's actually about women biohacking because men and people in general talk about biohacking a lot and, you know, having bulletproof coffee and having matcha and et cetera, and antioxidants and fat and paleo and whatever it is, mm-hmm. but that there's this other element because we're not putting into account the hormones that literally are changing every week, every seven days yeah. approximately for every woman. And then I've also heard every seven years and I read Suzanne Summer's book um, around 37 and that's when her body really started shifting and this hormone surges were different and symptoms were different. And it was happening to me like all of a sudden post-child and my period had been regular again for a couple of years. And all of a sudden at 37, I was getting these massive migraines, like clockwork. Three days before I would get my period, I would have a migraine. And that caused huge disruption for me in the workplace one time. Like I had such a bad headache and my boss had said something to me and I took it the wrong way and I just bolted out of there Mm. and went to the doctor and was like, I'm having a massive migraine. She's accusing me of this, this and this. And I was just like so sensitive Mm -hmm. because of the migraine too. And so that impacted me in the workplace. Her and I ended up parting ways after that. Wow. And so I started really studying and reading Suzanne Summer's book and looking into what could support me through that, right? It's happening every month. Every month I'm getting a migraine. Mm -hmm. So what did support you and what does support you now with writing and your flow? I think, like I said, just being prepared for and the awareness too. So if I'm having a funky week, I can back off the writing and that's okay, right? I think so many writers put on their busy body pants too and think they have to meet the deadlines and think they have to get it done and it has to look this way and this these are the goals that I set so I actually call them moving milestones for my client and I'm like you know if you don't meet them that week we just look at it there's no make wrong about it you just look at it and we move the milestone if it needs to be moved like don't beat yourself up right like so I think that's a very old way of thinking. And now we're actually tapping into following the flow and the flow meaning so many different things. And I also think that men are in their own certain flow too, right? Like they're having different testosterone surges at different times as well. And so for men to really learn about their power and when to harness it and when to let some of the aggression out in, in a place that works for them and, mm. you know, just allowing those conversations in the workplace. I think it's so important. I think Mm -hmm. we really need to sit back and circle and talk about it. 
Well, I think it's just a very basic conversation because it's honestly just hormones. Like you could take a blood test and it's there. Yeah. Like it's biomarkers. It's not just in my mind, I'm feeling this way or I'm feeling sensitive. And it's not just you. Yeah. It's everybody. Yeah. All women are going through this. Yeah. And for some women, it's very different because they also have like, maybe they have a condition. They could have cysts or, you know, different like. Or they don't understand it at all because they don't have the symptoms. So they're looking at you like you have 10 heads going, I don't know what you're talking about. That doesn't happen for me. So it shouldn't be happening for you. Wow. Right? Yeah. It's like, no, honey, please. Yeah. It's like opening up the dialogue. So what I hear is it's not just opening up the dialogue in terms of writing being a state of body and mind, Mm -hmm. not just like the state of mind you need to be in to be in flow, to be creative. Mm -hmm. It's also what your body is doing, like your body being in alignment with that. Mm -hmm. And then it's also a fact that your hormones and your moon cycle are going to come into that. Anything else, Mm -hmm. like your food could even be a part of that. Yeah. And then it's a matter of even greater conversation is how could we have these conversations in all workplaces, not just as writers writing our stories? Yeah. And I think I'm so passionate because I actually had two female bosses. I just thought of another story and they both denied what was going on for me at the time as far as my period went and rejected me and I felt shunned. And so women, where's the empathy? (laughs) let's not beat each other down. Let's lift each other up and just understand the big question. What's going on for you, Mm. right? We aren't all the same. So just asking how I can support you and what's going on for you and supporting each other, like together we rise, right? Mm. I love that. Mm -hmm. So is a lot of the work you do, is it focused on women? You know, that's what I'm naturally drawing in for sure. And I've tried a couple different things where I've done like a creative writing workshop or just a short story mastermind. And what kept coming forward definitely was the women wanting to tell their story. And when I dug deeper, I realized that I have a story that I need to get out to. And that's why I'm attracting it because Mm. I can actually understand the pain and the triggers and all of that that can happen. And I can really get to the bottom of what's going on for that person. Mm. Right. Wow. Yeah. Was this conversation going as you expected? (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. It's okay. I had no expectations. I'm not a big believer in going in with expectations. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say that we seem to be in flow. Yeah. (laughs) The conversation is just flowing where it is. Like this to me is creative flow. Yeah. Like it's just going where it needs to go. And I feel as though this is serving people. Like whoever thought about where they're at in their cycle and how their writing project is going. Yeah. Like I'm currently working on a book Mm -hmm. and I never thought about that. Yeah. And there's definitely times within the month that I feel like, I'm sure you maybe even had this. There's a couple days in the month that you're like, oh, I feel it's all coming to me. You stay up late and you wake up early and it's just flowing and then it's gone. There's actually probably a biological, physiological, spiritual, psychological, all the logicals, logicals. Yes. (laughs) Explanation to it. I'm so with you on that. This earth is in rhythm. And with other planets and you and I are in a rhythm, we're all in a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that. It's like music. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. <laughs> well, kind of when you explain about one person telling their story, or it doesn't even have to be their story, sharing their short story. Like I think of some of my favorite writers and how when they wrote about something, even something fictional like J.K. Rowling writing about Harry Potter or Terry Goodkind writing Wizard's First Rule, I'm mm-hmm. such a fan of CD. I love it. Yeah, I love wizards. That's why I'm <laughs> my boyfriend. He's a wizard. Um, yeah. And can we dive deeper into that? How sure. is he a wizard? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> oh, that's good. That's just, I will have him on the podcast. Okay. He's going to be a regular, actually. We're going to do a whole segment. Sweet. Yeah. What are you going to talk about? We're going to have a segment called Sharing My Breakthroughs with My Boyfriend. Ooh, I love it. I go through so many breakthroughs constantly. Like I am a life coach and I also mentor coach new life coaches. So currently we're supporting 24 people and becoming new life coaches, monthly training, being with them for two whole days. Like we spend an entire weekend with them each month with accomplishment coaching, the best training yeah. in the world. It is so epic. So there's constant work. I work with my own coach. I started my business seven months ago. I moved to a new province. I moved to an island. There's just a lot going on. I'm up-leveling my relationship with myself everywhere. I launched my brand. So there's constant transformation and shift happening, mm -hmm. not to mention like the meditation that occurs. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I realized that I wasn't sharing it even with myself, anyone other than some of my coaching friends mm -hmm. and they already get it. Like I'm kind of selling it to the people that are already sold on breakthroughs mm. and, and they're working on their own stuff. So it kind of felt too closed. And I felt that this would serve other people to hear what I'm currently having shifts and growth in and what what breakthroughs I've had. So I wanted to share it with everybody and then also share it with my boyfriend in like this kind of cool, distinguished way by having it in a podcast. We can look back on it, like you said, Aww, kind of looking I back years that. later and seeing, wow, I was learning that then. And wow, you know, so cute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a sappy romantic. I'm like, oh, you look back on that. That's so sweet. Yeah, I love it. So is he doing a lot of personal development work as well? Yeah, so he has a coach. So he yeah. works with a coach. Honestly, something that I find in my relationship now, being that I'm doing so much personal development, I like live and breathe it. Yeah. So if my partner wasn't doing it themselves, it's actually a total deal breaker for me. Okay. Like if they I had never, it. if I they had never that. done coaching, they don't have to be as into it as I am, but knowing the language, like today he used this term of phrase, which we use in accomplishment coaching. And I just, he said, you know what I'm really present to? That's what he said to me. And that is such coach language. <laughs> totally. like, you know what I'm present yes. to? And I said, wow, I'm present to the fact that you just said that. <laughs> so is he with accomplishment as well? He uses like a coach that was trained in the accomplishment okay. coaching style. And accomplishment oh, coaching is, that. yeah. Yeah. And I love dropping into it when men say, I'm just going to drop into my heart. Oh, love that. That's really cool. So you just raised the bar for me. Like that's oh. a new standard for me. Tell me about that more. Just has to be in this whole world as well. Mm -hmm. Or at least open to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a big part, right? They don't even need to be as in it if they're open to it. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Like, tell me about everything that you're creating. <laughs> oh, everything that I'm creating. Yes, I'm in a mastermind right now and we're working on the foundation and really working with that first chakra and visualizing red. And so red is love. And I am working on bringing more love into mm -hmm. my life and into my business. That's where I'm at. I'm starting over at the foundation right now. And mm. oh, I love it when I'm in meditation, just like circling the color red around my body, around a potential partner body, visualizing what this person embodies and what they bring to the relationship. And yeah, just swirling red around me constantly right now. That's wow. what I'm working on and creating. Mm, so creating more love, like I'm hearing through that mind-body visualization connection. Because mm -hmm. you said that you're in this mastermind with Stacy Ray. Ray, our favorite. Shout out. Mama Ray, Mama, Mama Stacy. Gosh, she's so cool. I love you, Stacy. I know. <laughs> I'm going to have to have her on the podcast. Yes. I'm wondering if she's feeling this right now. She's so adored. Oh my by gosh. By so many. So, so adorable. 
A hundred percent. So it's kind of focusing on that first shock or that security, that foundation, the, yeah. the blueprint. So when yeah. you say, oh, that's going on my list, that's my new kind of consideration for a partner is that they're into personal development or they've done it or they're mm-hmm. open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very foundational work. Right. Yeah. And you know, you think you go into these masterminds to uplevel your business and it ends up calling in all kinds of other stuff for other aspects, but it all supports it. Right. And so I follow the flow a lot in my business and I was actually thinking about this yesterday on my walk to my massage because I was up leveling the self-care mm-hmm. as I was listening to Stacy's podcast and she was talking about bringing in the self-love. I'm like, oh my God, of course I'm listening to this podcast right now. That's just all part of it. We have to take care of ourselves as writers. I think too many writers either relate writing to Hemingway and drinking and smoking cigarettes and sitting in a cafe and it's got to be that way. But no, I think we're in a new time where we're actually bringing in the self-care, up-leveling the self-care and opening to those creative channels and actually being able to write from a place of love. Ooh, did I just bring that full circle? You just, I was going to just say that's a full circle moment. Well, I'm hoping that everyone really sees what I'm seeing here is there's so much integration possible here. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, supporting people and getting a book out, mm-hmm. whether it's creative, fictional, non-fictional, is actually a work of the self and the body yeah. and the psychology and that there's going to be ebbs and flows through that process. And that's actually normal. Yeah. And then other things get to benefit as well. Yes. Like what if through writing that book, you get to have more self-love? or your relationship is on a different level, or you actually bring in like a new level to your other business or or your family becomes closer. Like everything starts to gel. So many things that can come from birthing your book for sure. Mm. Mm -hmm. What have you seen? Like, tell us more about your starting when you started working with authors and what you actually saw from them getting their book out there and what shift it had in their life. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that came up was that vulnerability hangover, like most people afraid of their critics and the critics mostly being people in their inner circle. So expanding outward and finding the bigger purpose in it and seeing that, okay, you may piss off one person in your family with this book, but you know, these millions of other people potentially could benefit from your message and your book Mm -hmm. and how you overcame that struggle. So naturally the inner work starts to happen. And especially if you're going to self-publish and you have to start putting yourself online and marketing and promoting, most writers just want to write and they don't want to be seen. Mm. So it's really teaching people to be seen and that that's okay. And it's all part of it too. So it up-levels them. Personal development, writing, all of it. It's it's all intertwined. It's so intertwined. (laughs) It's just so good. Right. I think this is something that people never talk about. Like they just see celebrities come out of nowhere or like with their book. Right. For J.K. Rowling to go from being on welfare and having an infant and writing in cafes to literally owning, being a part of this ginormous franchise, which has theme parks and products and Mm -hmm. it's a whole world. She's literally a leader of like billions of dollars of organization, function, business. And it's also creative still. Yeah. That is a totally different level. Yeah. Like that is literally from going to like your own welfare to being a CEO of one of the biggest, most successful companies in the world. And not that she's the CEO, but she's in there. Yeah, exactly. She's a part of it. Yeah. Lots of royalties, passive income. I talk about that a lot too. It's another way to have passive income. Will you talk more about that? You know, that's sort of like when people want to up-level themselves, usually there is a financial element to that too. So it's just another product 
when you have a book that you can sell and have some passive income every time somebody orders a book online, money drops into your royalty check, right? So again, intertwined. Mm, so right. up-leveling, like financially, spiritually, emotionally, physically, that all starts to happen. And so when we up-level our self-care, we're feeling more energetic, especially if we're involving exercise. So that can help bring on the endorphins that you need to write and the stamina that it takes to write. Mm-hmm. It's just like running a marathon. Wow. Yeah. I'm honestly hearing that like choosing to write a book is actually choosing to take on the biggest level of personal development you ever could. Because what is the mental space you need to be in? What is the physical energy you need to have to write that book? How do your personal beliefs need to change or what kind of leadership style do you need to have in order to put your stuff out there to have fans to now respond to people? Mm -hmm. That's a large part of this. Yeah, it's huge. And I've had clients start out writing a book and now they've got like, you know, missions they're going on with their book and speaking engagements. You know, the wealthy barber, it took him five years to become a bestseller and he did that by taking his book to speaking engagements and being a keynote speaker. There's just so many different paths that it can take and different journeys. So I have a client who lost her husband and went on a pilgrimage on the Camino and wrote about it. And now she wants to facilitate these pilgrimages across Canada or, you know, within her own city of Vancouver and North Vancouver, you know, just really taking people on these healing, walking journeys. So, (laughs) yeah, like... Every client thinks they're starting a book and it becomes this whole other journey of self-development. Wow, Lynn, you've just opened up my mind. It's something that I've known intrinsically, especially as a coach. Like whenever someone chooses to become an entrepreneur, you're act- it's the same thing. Like you're actually choosing to level all areas of your life yes. because you have to in exactly. order to have a successful business. Yeah. And it goes the same way. So when you choose to write a book, what I hear is you're actually choosing to be a leader yeah. in the world totally. in whatever domain that is. Totally. How many people actually write a book, right? And it becomes like, the nicest business card you could have and puts you in front of your like yeah. potential clients. <laughs> That's such a good way to talk about it. Yeah, it was exactly. like a business card. Yeah. It does. I mean, like I, I was talking to a friend and he works in the financial industry and he's like, oh yeah, my boss wrote a book on finances. And he even said it's been the best business card of his life. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you're established. You wrote a book? Right. In the industry that you're in? Wow. That gives you credibility, right? So hello. Yeah, I'll trust you. I'll hand my millions over to you for you to manage. Mm. So are you saying that it also shows like a level of follow through and ability to perform? So there's that? I guess could be perceived that way. Like it's all perception, right? If we want to dive really deep into this. (laughs) Oh gosh. All perception. (laughs) All perception. So yeah. How do you want to be perceived in the world? How can a book help you? Mm Mm-hmm on that overall mission Mm -hmm. of your message. Mm -hmm. So how is your book? I don't know that yet. I don't think that's something you can know until after it's birthed. My overall purpose in life is definitely spreading love and light. Part of my story is that I wasn't supposed to be here. I was a pill baby. (laughs) I busted into this world anyway with my message. So (laughs) there's a lot of people out there feeling unwanted or lonely, or their parents never supported them or whatever that may be. And maybe how you can overcome that and do it on your own and do it anyway. Mm. Yeah. Such a powerful story to share. When do I get to read your book? (laughs) Lynn? Being a coach, I'm busy setting other people's timelines and (laughs) 
haven't actually sat down and wrote out my timeline for my book. So might be something I have to bring up with my coach. <laughs> yeah. The coach in me immediately says, bring it up with your coach or tell me right now. Yeah, exactly. I was like, thank you. Wow. Huge mirror. Yes. So when will you talk to your coach about it? <laughs> Cheeky monkey. <laughs> This is my profession. Um, yes, exactly. I'll, I'll reach out to her today. All right. I got called into a conversation on writing my own book. No, I have been called in on it too. And that's why I put together the personal mastermind, share your personal story, because we are writing together. And to be honest, I go through just as many triggers and physical pain as the people in my group. So I can actually go into the group and share what I'm going through and show them mm -hmm. that it's all normal. And that by owning what we're going through and sharing it in the group, we can now allow the support in. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that your power and part of what you provide as a service is your own vulnerability and that compassion and that open space. It sounds mm -hmm. like a very safe space. Yeah, it is. Create. I keep it really small, these masterminds too, so that nobody feels overwhelmed by numbers. Mm -hmm. It can be more intimate, the campfire, right? I love that. I love the campfire analogy. Mm -hmm. So what we just shared and talked about was a really expansive conversation all about essentially how writing a book, choosing to put out a creative project, a business, a book is an up-leveling of your whole life, of your whole self. And that can leave people feeling totally overwhelmed. Like I am present to the fact that people might be thinking, wow, I thought I was just going to write a book or a summary of my life. And then here I am having to change my whole spiritual practice and getting in touch with my hormones. It can be overwhelming and a lot. So what do you have for that overwhelm that people might fear or have mm -hmm. listening to this or in general when putting something out in the world? I've actually put out a 10 step planning guide just when people begin with me. And in it, it says, welcome to the process. Your first step is overwhelm. <laughs> the first stage is overwhelm. And so I'm going to guide you through that. We're going to break it down into bite-sized actions, right? To build trust. First of all, I need to build trust with my clients so that they trust me in what's to come and how the process can look. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a fine line between adding structure and following flow. So I coach them on both aspects. So when we're in the beginning, we implement structure so that they can see that they can walk through the process. They know what to expect. I learned early on, actually, I took a year off work one time and just nannied. And the family I nannied for had so much structure in place, you know, color coordinated recipes and when the kids were to have snacks and when they were to play and when they were to nap. And this was before I had a child and I was in their rhythm. And I started to realize how having that structure and knowing what's coming next brought down the levels of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Just acknowledging the overwhelm. And then showing them the structure on the how and... Yeah. Well, what I'm hearing is that the overwhelm is predictable. Like it is totally normal. Like if you're not overwhelmed by the idea of putting your work or your story out into the world, it's probably not big enough or you're probably not being honest with yourself because it totally freaks me the hell out yeah. to put the book that I'm writing, the fiction book or not writing. Let's be honest. I've been doing a lot of other things, like starting this yes. podcast, yay. Yeah. But I'm putting it out here now. My intention is to have the first draft of that book done by the end of this year. Wow. And congratulations. Thank you. 
I think I'm actually going to need to enlist some of your support and how to do that or have be accountable to you. You just enlisted all the listeners as well. I did. Yeah. So here I am. I'm outing (laughs) myself and just being really real. Like I'm a professionally trained life coach. I have 20 or so coaches at the ready. I have one that I pay and that I have in my life every single week. And I feel incredibly overwhelmed by the idea of putting this book out in the world. And it's a work of fiction, but it's very deep in my heart. Like the Mm. stories and the lessons and the arcs and the characters are me. Mm. Like it's me in there. Yeah. Can you speak more to that for listeners? What about? How long has this been formulating? And like, that's all part of the process, right? Mm. Okay. So this book has been in my mind and in my heart for over four years now. It came to me right after David and I started dating. And I remember so distinctly speaking to this mind body kind of connection. I was in a yoga class and I'd never really experienced a lot other than like really great workouts and like mental clarity in yoga classes. And then about four years ago, it started to shift and I had more spiritual kind of intuitive experiences where I would just kind of get things for myself. Mm-hmm. And I was laying there in Shavasana And I literally imagined myself under the water and like with dolphins and mermaids. Mm. And I just became so obvious to me that ever since I was a little kid, my favorite book and movie was The Little Mermaid. I watched it every day for about two years. And who who didn't? Like I'm a 90s kid. So yeah. And I've just been obsessed with them. Like I've always been obsessed with Greek mythology and just these goddesses and the mythology and the stories behind them Mm -hmm. and how they're all over the world and that there's myth and lore around like water people or water women and mer people and sprites and nymphs, et cetera. And Love this it. message came to me so clearly, like with your client, like you mentioned, and it said, you have to write a book about mermaids mm-hmm. and it's the modern mermaid book. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's sharing too much, but that's okay. <laughs> it's not sharing anything. Teaser like, ad. Right? There's a bit of a tease. And yeah. so I'm writing a modern story about mermaids. Beautiful. And it's about the main character is in her like mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And she's having the experience of being in her mid-20s and thinking she has the whole world figured out and realizing very suddenly that she doesn't. And there's a whole lot more for her and for everyone else to experience. That is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> okay. So first draft by when? First draft by December 15th. Cause I want to go into the holidays and not be thinking about it. I, I like writing that down. We'll, I'll get that down after and yeah. follow up with you. See, we're holding each other accountable. <laughs> exactly. This is what this looks like. It's support. Mm-hmm. So when I say that, you know, what would you do with me? Let's talk about a bit about your services. So mm-hmm. I just said, I have this big intention. It does have me overwhelmed. I've started four chapters or so, like mm-hmm. a few pages of each. And I've had a lot of the story arc kind of figured out for the first book. A lot of the characters and backgrounds starting to be developed. Mm-hmm. What would that look like? Like, what does it actually look like to work with you one-on-one? Yeah, we would just definitely work together towards your overall project, right? What that could look like, what to expect, the vision of it, getting into visualizing the cover and visualizing those characters. It looks different for everyone. You know, I don't know if you're an artist and you actually draw your own characters or if you would be hiring somebody that you need to work with. That can be a really long process, too. So you might want to start that up front while you're writing as well. So I dig deep and ask you a lot of questions and draw from you different things. So we're going to have the head and heart hurdles that we're going to move through, but we're also going to have the book project as a whole and how that's going to begin with the end in mind. How are you starting to market it up front, building your following, building your audience so that when the book does get released, boom, you have all of these followers just waiting for it to Mm -hmm. be dropped, right? 
you'll hit Amazon bestseller in like two hours after dropping it because <laughs> right. you've created so much excitement around it. So looking at the business aspect of it and also we'll work through the different ideals you may have and your purpose and your goal for this book. And it might be that you want to traditionally publish it because that is just really important to you to be picked up by a traditional publisher. So I might prepare you for some of the rejection, right? Mm -hmm. And things like that, prepare you to write your query letter, how to find a good agent in your specific genre. We'll talk about the target audience who your ideal audience is going to be, the demographics, and how you're going to write to them. And so obviously your demographic is going to be someone in their mid-20s. So we might actually identify exactly who that reader is mm -hmm. and where they're hanging out in a bookstore, what section they're in, mm -hmm. right? and how to reach those people. So different ways. There's so much to it. There's obviously the voice you use in your writing when you're writing to this demographic, but then there's also, you know, how to market to them as well. So there's so many different ways about it, especially if you self-publish. Mm -hmm. So those two journeys can be a long process to discover as well. Everyone has different reasons and different ways they want to be presented in the world. Wow. I'm just really present to how holistic that is mm -hmm. because my background is I have degrees in marketing and psychology. I worked in advertising and a big marketing consultancy for four years. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of how to market it, what's my target audience? How is it going to sell? Like starting with the end in mind is something that I naturally do. Mm -hmm. But I don't think most people who are writers, they don't have business backgrounds. So what a gift it is to be able to work with you and also get through all of those emotional, the, oh no, and I have to speak in front of people because all of a sudden you need speaking skills to yeah. read your book in yes. front of human, in front of humans, in front yeah. of a group of people at a book signing. Yeah. Maybe you have a fear of flying and now you have to fly around for a book tour. Like right. there's a lot of different things that you might have to overcome or get, totally. or get involved in or how to not take rejection personally, et cetera, and how to keep going and persevering. And you have so much to offer. It's not just, yeah, get your book done. It's actually, yeah. how do you become an author? Yeah. Like, how do you become a published author? And something I wanted to share was, when you told me a couple months ago, vision the cover of your book, I've been really starting to think about that. And amazing. I have lots of mermaids and such, the mer people, I like to call mm -hmm. them mer people on my Pinterest board. And I find art all the time and really cool artists. And that keeps me quite inspired. Yeah. And something that I'm really thinking about right now is I'm actually thinking about my fans. Like I'm actually thinking about the gifts they're going to make, the videos they're going to make, the artwork they're going to make about this book, the same way that Harry Potter fans do. So I'm actually starting to envision those people and writing letters to them and wow. meeting them in person and them stopping me in airports. Like I'm actually yes. starting. And I feel like it's not going to be for another like four or five years that that's going to be my reality. But if this is what I'm doing, like I get the power that a work of fiction can be and the amount yes. of fandom that can come with that. And yes. it makes me feel a little bit like, oh, is that a little bit narcissistic or conceited to imagine that much success? But it's actually just what Not I feel like all. this story. I want it to be there for other people. Mm -hmm. Like I actually want these characters in this story to feed other people for them to find connection and like a sense of belonging within that world. Yes, that is so beautiful. That is such a powerful vision. And I am so holding that with you. Oh, thank you. Wow. Thank wow. you for just instantly supporting it. Like that is the power of a coach. Instantly support the magnificent, audacious, big possibility. Yeah. I think one of my favorite quotes is uh, Walt Disney. If you can dream it, you can do it. Yeah. If Walt Disney isn't the best example of that, I don't know what is. <laughs> right? Exactly. 
I just saw a YouTube video of a girl painting her nails at Disney World and those like flying saucers. She's so funny. Simply oh Nail God. Logical. She's hilarious. Okay. She's also so Canadian. Funny. I'm going to have her on this podcast okay. next year. I swear that. Yay. I can't She's wait so to listen to that. funny. Oh okay, God, Lynn. So well, what do people need to know? Where can they find you? Where can they get your Lynn goodness, your Lynn heart? Right. So I'm on raeda.ca. That's R-A-E-D-A dot C-A. Pretty much the same if you do at Raeda on Facebook, you'll find me. And same with on Instagram, at Raeda.ca on Instagram too. So try to keep it consistent there. <laughs> well done. Little marketing trick. And where's the best place for them to reach out to you and talk to you or getting a conversation? Oh yeah, I would say most people are finding me on Messenger or mm-hmm. Insta Messenger. So those are the two places I am. I'm all about keeping it small right now to be able to really service my clients the best and have the time to do so. So look ahead. If you're thinking about writing a book, I have limited space. So I love it. Reach out. It's because you're the best and the brightest. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Bringing it back full yeah. circle. Well, thank you so much, Lynn, for not only just sharing with us your own experience and everything that you've shared with us today, the vastness of the conversation, and also for actually exemplifying being a coach. I noticed how often you asked me questions and asked me about what I was creating. And I always noticed that about you. And that's just actually you showing your work in this process. Like that really served me right now to talk about the fans and the vision and the artwork. So thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Oh, I love you so much. (laughs) I love you too. Okay, everybody. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you all again. Catch another wave. Bye.